Hello again, voice noters. Right, I think Dan Rollinson said in his preamble in the mini trailer that he did to the, the first episode of this a couple of weeks ago that you might even find me um, rooting around in my loft to dig out programs and banging on about that kind of thing. Well, I have been mooching about in the loft and that's what's inspired this week's 10 minutes of mumbling. I won't go into too much detail about what I found up there, but I will explain why I was up there and what it's got me pondering. I will mention one thing that I found. <laughs> um, in among loads of old photos, and this is in my mum and dad's loft, by the way. In among loads of old photos, there's a, pic, there's a picture of me with Ian Taylor taken at Villa Park circa 1996 or something like that. It won't surprise you to know that Towels hasn't changed a bit. He looks like he does now. The annoyingly fresh-faced 50-something legend that he is. Um, he's probably mid-20s back then. As for me, I'm probably late teens back then. I'm rocking an oversized denim jacket an earring, a pout, and a closely cropped haircut that's more ginger than my natural blonde, um, which makes me look like some kind of butch Annie Lennox. The beauty of Villa Voice Notes being an audio-only podcast feature uh, means that, that that picture is staying locked away for now, I suppose, unless I can get five glowing reviews on iTunes, and then I'll reveal it. Anyway, the reason I was venturing up mum and dad's loft is that they're looking to move house soon. Um, and that's kind of from, from our family home. So sentimental old fool that I am, it's conjured up so many memories of the past, you know, listening to WM on Villa Away days while playing makeshift Sabutio with marbles on the landing. I can hear the goal horn now, actually. It's a goal. It's Plough Lane. But which way has it gone? It's Wimbledon 1, Aston Villa 0. When the goals start flooding in, WM's lightning flashes are first to keep you in touch. With me being such an emotional wreck about mum and dad preparing to leave, leave the my childhood home when i'm hearing lots of talk about whether villa should contemplate leaving villa park it's kind of pushing me over the edge at the moment i know on a recent episode that um that john and dan have had a good old natter about the pros and cons of, of waving goodbye to um to b6 for a shiny new purpose-built stadium somewhere that isn't witten no thanks no thanks mate it's not for me I'm fine where I am. It's a bit like a, a merry drunk having to be dragged out of the pub at closing time. I'm just happy to stay and have a sing-along for a while longer, please, at Villa Park. I just can't contemplate leaving it. Villa Park is Aston Villa to me. I'll probably be painted as, as an old git, someone resisting change, and a claret and blue nostalgia-tinted barrier to progress. Um, but if the cap fits, because that's exactly what I am. I know it's hard overhead, but some things are sacred and should remain so, in my humble opinion. You know, we know Villa Park is still a, it's a beautiful place. It's still a little bit rough and ready around the edges. But I've even got fond memories of Dad taking me to the porter cabin of a club shop on non-match days many years ago. And you'll know the ones, those pesky kids offering to mind your car down Nelson Road, an old blue Cortina estate, I think, since you're asking. Um, you know, I'm going off on a tangent here, but <laughs> all they wanted back then was 10p um, for a packet of Garbage Pal kid cards. Nowadays, it's probably more like 50 quid and a wallet of credit cards, but that's inflation for you. I get the argument that staying at Villa Park limits growth in the sense of the match day revenue from gate receipts and, and other money-making ways that you can get from it being a super slick venue um, for entertainment purposes. But um, I don't know, a bit like the food inside Villa Park, I, I don't really buy that. Having said that, in a break from, from tradition, I've actually done a little bit of homework and enlisted the help of business of football guru, Dave Powell, who's one of my colleagues. Here's what he reckons from a, a revenue point of view anyway. Villa match day revenue for 2021-22 stood at £16.1 million, 
that doesn't compare favourably with Premier League rivals. Um, for example, you know, in the same period, Leeds United delivered 23.7 million, Newcastle 27.9 million. Now, match day revenue is linked to the number of matches played. So the boost of European competition, of which Villa obviously in this season can, can help to raise that figure significantly. To break into the kind of revenue generated by the big six without the creation of a new purpose-built stadium, it just isn't feasible according to Dave. Arsenal, Spurs, Man United all achieve over £100 million this financial year, while Liverpool will join that group from 24-25 when a full season of a bigger redeveloped Anfield is taken into account. Everton's matchday revenue is one of the few lower than Villa among the established Premier League clubs. It's also also the driving force behind them building a new stadium that can be a multi-purpose 365-day year, effectively venue that can generate multiple revenue streams to aid the bottom line. From an investment standpoint, with Birmingham's position as the UK's second city, a bespoke new stadium that can be a multi-purpose venue and aid area regeneration and improve employment opportunities in the local area could attract funding from government. There is the concern of falling into the, quote, if you build it, they will come trap, though, and there would be a huge cost to undertake should such a project be done now with the price of steel and materials, not to mention interest rates, meaning that it isn't an attractive proposition in the here and now. At some stage, however, in order to raise revenues from match days as well as commercial revenue linked to how much can be monetized throughout the course of a week at a state-of-the-art venue, not just on match day, the case for a new build will inevitably grow. However, other clubs have decided to remain in situ. Spurs built the new stadium where White Hart Lane was, and Liverpool owners FFG, FSG made a commitment to stay at Anfield early on, mirroring their decision to stay at Fenway Park with the Boston Red Sox. Tradition, too, can be a selling point. My view hence Dave's view, is that the stance will have to change over time as football changes and evolves. And if Villa have aims to remain competitive at the elite level, then they will have to make a change when the economy is right to do so. Even AC Milan and Inter Milan are having to abandon the San Siro to create their own venues as the San Siro, as iconic as it is, can no longer provide a compelling case to remain their home from a financial perspective. Really interesting stuff. I mean, kind of damn you, Dave, with your factual, factual insight. Um it probably does paint an opposite view of the one that is coming from a very sentimental viewpoint um, in my heart as an Aston Villa traditionalist and a fan of nostalgia. I get it. I get that, you know, Villa need to maximise whatever revenue streams they can to try and become to become and, and maintain themselves as a force to be, to be reckoned with in the Premier League and in European football. I just can't bring myself to accept it. You know, the memories, whether it's Bozzi's, Penalty saving, heroics getting us to Wembley in 94. Phil King, again from the penalty spot, becoming the, the Messiah against Inter Milan. Alan Hutton proving his Cafu, Cafu credentials with that wonder goal against Blues. We've got so many, you know, me being moved in the heaving hole 10 when, when Dean Saunders has scored a kind of wonder goal volley from, from, from miles out. All these kind of things. Just, you know, I think I've described the Holt before as like a kind of heaving mass of humanity. Um, it just breaks my heart to even contemplate moving there. Listen, we know the transport infrastructure is crap. The surrounding areas are in need of some much-needed TLC. The north stand exterior resembles a council car park from the 1970s. But it's ours. Build a big conservatory on the back of the Witten Lane. Stick a hoverboard landing strip on top of the Holt. Even call it the prize where it lies arena at Villa Park. Just don't move. Please don't move. I'm not quite sure what I've achieved with any of that. 
But that's Villa Voice Notes for you. Please go and give Dave Powell a follow on Twitter and check out his must-read bottom-line newsletter. You can find him on Twitter or X, whatever we're calling it now, at underscore Dave Powell. And it's also interesting, if you haven't done so already, to listen to, to Dan and John having a debate on one of the previous episodes about you know the fours and against of moving, moving away from Villa Park. Now, I just must add, as a caveat, there's been no talk from inside Villa Park that this is a kind of viable thing that's been discussed it's just become a talking point amongst Villa fans as we we try and really kind of elbow our way back in amongst the elite I think I've got this to around 10 10 minutes anyway I thought it might rumble over a little bit longer but all that remains to be done is this week's crap dad joke so um here you go like a lot of bald people I still own a comb I just can't part with it see what I've done anyway I'll see you next week or I'll speak to you next week try a bit <laughs>